<clears throat> All right, okay, okay. What's up, everybody? It's Elder Talks Facts right here. Gonna spit some facts like always. Of course, happy Halloween, everybody. It's actually 7.20 in the morning. I'm wondering, like, why is such an early episode? Well, we got a lot to talk about right here. So, most likely, there might be... Th- well, let's see. At this episode right now, we're going to talk about the Brooklyn Nets coaching staff moves. Later on, in a, in a couple hours, we'll talk about... The New York Yankees uh, exercise options slash declined options, and most likely later on, I'll review Friday Night SmackDown. So most likely we'll have three episodes today, so let's get number one right out of the way. Brooklyn Nets coaching staff moves. So we know that Steve Nash is the Brooklyn Nets head coach. We've known that for a while right here, and I've said, spoken very highly of it, saying it's a great move. You know, Katie and Kyrie chose Steve Nash is who they wanted. Steve Nash, one of the best basketball minds ever out there. A two-time MVP and eight-time All-Star. It's his first head coaching gig. I know he doesn't have any coaching experience, but you know what? Listen, Aaron Boone didn't have any coaching experience, you know, for the for the Yankees. And you could say, at least he's gotten us play. At least he's gotten us to the playoffs three times. That's all you could say. But you know, it is what it is. Um, but I, like I said. I was happy for Steve Nash, you know, despite what other people were saying about it, saying to, you know, you know, you know what they were saying, you know, I disagree with it highly, and a lot of other people did too. I mean, it was just straight up wrong. It was out of character, just stupid. Um, this Brooklyn Nets season is going to be very interesting, you know, we don't know what kind of moves they're going to make this offseason, you know, player-wise, you know, they keep talking about getting a third star, like, you know, now we're hearing, like, maybe DeMar DeRozan might come over, maybe they trade for him. Maybe Oladipo, maybe Bradley Beal, Aaron Gordon, Paul George. Let me just say this, you know, let's get these things out of the way, like with the rumors. I'll just say DeRozan, I wouldn't mind. Some people were kind of like turned off by it. It all depends. I wouldn't want to go up Levert or Dinwiddie for DeRozan, but that's what it's going to be. You have to like figure it out and say, you know what, let's make this work. Instead of giving up Levert and Dinwiddie, maybe give up either one, not both, because that's just, that's just a little, little wacky. For Oladipo, you probably give up Dinwiddie and Lever because Oladipo is better than DeRozan. <clears throat> Just saying. You know, I would love Oladipo. I would, you know, Drew Holiday, I forgot to mention him. I wouldn't mind him on the team either. You know, I wouldn't mind going for Aaron Gordon. Nice big man right there. Um, you know, Paul George, I would say no to. Because he's just been, he's bounced around from, you know, teams right now, you know, with the Pacers, the OKC, to the Clippers now. And he's looked bad. He's, he's, he looked terrible with the Clippers in the playoffs. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't want him, to be honest. It just doesn't seem like he would be a good fit for the Nets. I feel like him and Katie and Kyrie would go at each other's heads. And people question, too, Katie and Kyrie, they never play with each other. Things are going to work out. They have a good relationship. It's going to work out. But look at LeBron and D-Way. They, they, they've always been best friends. They never played with each other until 2010, and they won two championships. So there you go. So it all worked out right there. They definitely should have won, you know, maybe like three. They should have beaten the Mavericks. Let's be honest. Yeah, they really should have, but they stunned them. But, hey, listen, they still got two championships out of it, so it worked out. You know, and Kobe and Shaq. You know, God rest Kobe's soul. They had problems with each other, and they still won three championships with each other. They went to four NBA Finals and won three of them. 
Even though they had like beef right there, you know, the whole time, they still were able to do it. You don't have to be friends with everybody on your team to win. You don't have to be. It's like with MJ right there. We know he, you know, we know he had friends on the Bulls, but he always had that mental toughness right there to win. Didn't, he didn't, I don't think he cared about making friends. He was there to win. Just saying. But now let's not get too off topic. Let's talk about the Nets uh, coaching staff right here. So Mike D'Antoni is now. Let's talk about the guys that are actually. Um, let's talk about the guys that are on the coaching staff right now. So we got Amari Stoudemire, Emmanuel Utica, Udadoka, I think that's how you say his last name, and Mike D'Antoni. So they're all joining Steve Nash's staff in Brooklyn. And they also brought back Adam Harrington and Jock Vaughn. Jock Vaughn did a very good job for the Nets. He did a very good job for the Nets, and I hope he gets a, I hope he gets a head coaching gig in the future. Because he played, you know, he really made this team play really good. I know a little tongue twister right there. Like, he played, like, but no. When he came in, you know, despite the Nets getting swept in the first round by Toronto, you know, Vaughn made this team compete. And I was actually at his first game when the Nets played the Bulls on March 8th. I went to one of my friends, one of my best friends who went to that game. That was the day after Kenny Atkinson got fired. And it was Jock Vaughn's first game as the head coach right there, as the interim head coach. And they won. It was a really good game. They won 110 to 107. That was a fun game. That was fun. <clears throat> that was a really fun game right there. And um, I feel like he did a good job, especially when they entered the bubble right there. You know, they played good. You know, despite getting swept in the playoffs, you know, it was worth it. They made it to the playoffs. They said, you know what? All these guys opted out. We have injuries. We're still going to make the playoffs. And they did. They still did. But. Um, and I'm happy he's back on the coaching staff. And same with Adam Harrington as well. Um, but listen, we'll start with Udoka. We'll start with him. Okay. So he actually played in the NBA a little bit throughout his career. Mostly he played like overseas, but he had played with the Lakers in 04. He played with the Knicks in 07, sorry, 06. Played with the Blazers from 06 to 07. The Spurs 07 09. The Kings 09 to 2010. And then the Spurs again 2010 to 2011. He's got one NBA championship. He got it as an assistant head coach for the Spurs in 2014. He was a Spurs assistant head coach in 2012 to 2019. Same with the Philadelphia 76ers for last season. Now he's on the Brooklyn Nets staff. So this guy's got a lot of good experience as a coach. You know, in my opinion, he kind of does deserve, actually not kind of, he does deserve like the coaching job in a way because he's got all the experience. <clears throat> and he's got a championship too with the Spurs from 2014. So he's got a lot of good experience right there, but he'll definitely get a coaching job. He'll definitely get a head coaching job real soon. He definitely will. Definitely will. I think he's a good move. He's 43 years old. He's a very young guy. He's younger than Nash. So he's got a long coaching career ahead of him. He's got one championship. He's definitely going to get more. He's a great mind right there. He did great with the Spurs. He was there with Philly last year. But, you know, Philly is just a whole dumpster fire. It's good he got out of there. Because, please. And we are here maybe Embiid to the Nets. Listen. Listen, listen, listen. I would not mind Embiid. I love Joel Embiid. 
He is injury prone. He is injury prone. That's the one big thing right there. And in big games, he doesn't really show up. That's just my opinion. A lot of people could say I'm wrong, but yeah, I know he can't do it all by himself right there. We know him and Simmons, you know, are at each other's heads. That's what they say. I don't know if it's true. You really can't believe everything you read. But listen, I wouldn't mind him at all, to be honest. Like, I, I would love him on the team. It's just the injuries do scare me. That's just that's just what it is. It is what it is. But I wouldn't mind. I, I would be happy to take him. Well, you to Doka, though, you know, I think it's a good move to have him as one of the assistant coaches, you know. You need winners right here, and he's a winner. He was with the Spurs in 2014 when they won the championship against the Heat. So he knows what it's like to win right there. Had a lot of good winning seasons out there in San Antonio. They made it to the playoffs last year in Philadelphia, even though they got swept by Boston. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, this guy knows how to win. That's what you got to bring on this team. We also now uh, know Amari Stoudemire. We know that for a while. I never talked about that. He's also one of the assistant, uh, one of the assistant coaches for the Nets, and he's strong. He's younger than Nash too. He's thirty-seven, so he's a player develop, developmental assistant. You know, Stoudemire was a six-time All-Star. You know, he played with the Suns from 2002 to 2010, the New York Knicks from 2010 to 2015, the Mavericks in 2015, and then the Miami Heat in 2015 to 2016. Then he went over to Israel to go play some basketball. Listen, he was great, Stoudemire, in his prime. He definitely could have been a Hall of Famer if he didn't get hurt. You know, because once he went on to the Knicks, he started to develop a lot of injuries. You know, if he didn't get hurt, Stoudemire, and if he would have stayed healthy, he definitely would have been a Hall of Famer. Definitely would have been a Hall of Famer. He's a six-time All-Star. He's only two behind Nash. Maybe he gets considered. Maybe he gets considered, though. He definitely should. Because when he was on the Suns, that guy was a scary motherfucker. He was. With the Knicks, he had his moments, but that's when he started to get hurt. That's like, you know, he had his moments there, but that's when it all started. But he was a great ball player, though. He really was. And it is really cool to see him and Nash still reunite after the years out there in Phoenix. That is really cool. Everybody's calling us like the Brooklyn Suns. It's pretty funny. I'm not going to lie, but... You know, I think it was good to bring on bring on Stoudemire. It's his first head. It's it's his first um, his first coaching job as well. So there you go. Now he's gonna get a lot of experience. And maybe Stoudemire becomes a head coach in the future as well. Imagine that. Just imagine that if Stoudemire gets a head coaching job in the future, and he definitely might. He might get considered in the future. Given a couple of years, he might. You know, and he's not much older than than KD. We know KD's in his early thirties. Stoudemire's only 37. He'll be 38 next month, so... Not far off in age, you know. But no, he was a good move right there. We know him and Nash have a great relationship. We know Nash wanted to bring on... He actually wanted to bring on Dirk Nowitzki. But he declined it. Just imagine that. We know Nowitzki and Nash played with each other back in Dallas. Just imagine that right there. That would have been pretty cool. But bringing on Stoudemire, just as good. You know, Stoudemire... I would definitely consider him a Hall of Famer. Despite his injuries. I look past his injuries... I put him in the Hall of Fame. If I had to vote for Stoudemire, I'd give him a check and say yes. Because I think he definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Despite, you know, his injuries, whatever, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. He does. He's a six-time All-Star right there, you know. That was a great ball player. He definitely should be considered. Definitely should be considered. We should just 
know that for a fact. You know, it's like the injuries, they will catch up to you. That's why he went overseas, went to Israel to go play some basketball. Because, you know, nobody was picking him up in the NBA, which was pretty sad. But it's a whole different field down there when he went to Israel. And it's a whole different ball game right there. It's not like here in, you know, in the States, you know. It's just different. And it was good for him to get away for a little while, you know. Want to go somewhere else and do something else with his career. Now he's back in the States with the Brooklyn Nets now on the coaching staff. And he could, de- he could really develop these young players right here. He could develop a, a young guy like Jalen Hands and Chris Chioza and Nick Claxton. He could really develop these young kids right here and turn them into stars. We know Claxton's going to be a star no matter what. He definitely is. Jalen Hands, same thing. Chioza, Chioza has his bright moments, but you, wanna, you really want to turn him into a star. That's what you want to do. But, listen... I like the move right here. Some people just laugh at it. Of course, because it's the Nets right now. Because everybody laughs at us because we have KD and Kyrie. And Kyrie had his problems last year. And KD may never be the same again. Okay, listen. Keep laughing at us. It's whatever. Just keep on laughing. Keep thinking it's funny. And watch for the Nets when Kyrie and KD are fully healthy together, which they're going to be this season. Just watch. Just don't believe me. Just watch. Just like Bruno Mars said. Don't believe me. Just watch. You'll see what happens. They're going to take over this league. And they're the biggest threat to LeBron and AD. I know one of my friends is a LeBron fan. He's not a Lakers fan. He's like, oh, well, Katie and Kyrie, they never play with each other. And that's where I got it from. Like, the chemistry's probably not going to be there. They're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Especially bringing in these guys as coaches right here, like Stoudemire, like Udadoka. Bringing in these guys is going to help. Especially the next guy we're going to talk about. So Mike D'Antoni is also on the Nets coaching staff. That also happened yesterday with Udadoka. And listen, I thought... I think this is a good move right here. So he's the assistant coach, D'Antoni. He's the official assistant coach. Um, listen, and he coached Steve Nash... In Phoenix, when Steve Nash won the two MVPs. So, this is pretty cool, though, to see them both on the coaching staff together. It's basically Dan Tony, he's working now for Nash. So, that's really funny. But now, listen, Dan Tony, despite what people say, Dan Tony is a good head coach. And I know I've said that he's overrated, too. The only reason why I say that is because in the playoffs, he's never been to an NBA Finals. It's like how people call Doc Rivers, you know, overrated. But listen, Doc Rivers has made it to a final. He made it to two finals, and he's won one. So, Dan Tony, he's been to a couple conference finals, or a few conference finals, but they've never been able to get to the NBA finals. That's the one thing right there. They haven't been able to do it. And that's always been the problem right there for Dan Tony. He had two chances with the Suns to do it. They weren't able to do it. I believe they lost the Spurs twice. I think I think they lost the Spurs twice. I think it was like the Spurs and then the Mavericks, I believe. I think that's who it was. I know it was the Spurs the first time. I believe it was the Mavericks the second time. And with the Rockets, we know it was always the Warriors. The Warriors always shut them down in the playoffs. Especially they should have made it to the NBA Finals to play the Cavs in the 17-18 season. If CP3 didn't get hurt, they would have won. In game six. 
Especially now, you know, in game seven, they missed 27 threes. 27. That still haunts the Rockets right there. And is Dan Tony really to blame, though, with Westbrook and Hard? We, we already know, we already knew those two guys weren't going to work as a combo. They barely got past the first round against OKC. And then they lost at five to LA. It's like anytime at the end, here's the funny thing. Anytime anybody tries to show up LeBron, like Damian Lillard did it, Westbrook did it, did the Nuggets really do it? No, the Nuggets really didn't do it. But, you know, Tyler Hero, when he was snarling in game three, anytime you do that, that's like the same thing with Tom Brady. Once you start awakening that monster, they take over. You do that to LeBron, he takes over. You do that to MJ, he took over. You do that to Tom Brady, he takes over. You do that to Kobe, he took over. And that's why, you know, I've ranked on LeBron a lot, you know, you know, especially being four and six in the NBA Finals. But still, once you get on his nerves and once you start showing him up, just like Kobe, just like MJ, and just like Brady, they will always come back to bite you in the ass, one way or the other. Just how it is. That's what legends do. That's what they do right there. But, you know, Dan Tony, you know, he listen, he's coached the Phoenix Suns, he's coached the Knicks. He's coached the Lakers, he coached them for two seasons, and then he coached the Rockets. I'd say the Rockets and the Suns were the best time that he had, obviously. It's the Knicks. Uh, I mean, listen, I'm sure he had a bad time over there with the Knicks. I know I think him and Melo didn't get along. And then he actually resigned in the 2011-2012 season and gave it to Mike Woodson. And the Knicks were a fun team right there, even though they were 18-24. and Lynn Sanity was taken over. But he left right there and he went to the Lakers and... He was pretty successful with the Lakers in his first season. They started off slow, but towards the end of the season, they started to pick it up right there because they didn't want Phil Jackson because the whole triangle offense, they wanted a much quicker offense, which Dan Tony brings to the table. He brings like that quick offense. Um, he's a fast-paced guy right there. And, you know, and the Lakers, they were pretty successful. You know, they had a lot of problems. You know, Steve Nash and Dwight Howard had problems. You know, they were pick-and-roll partners. They were having trouble. And then Kobe got hurt in April and it blew out his Achilles. I mean, the Lakers, if Kobe was healthy in the playoffs that year, I don't think they would have went to the finals, but they would have definitely made some noise, especially with Steve Nash and Dwight Howard, you know. I mean, they got Steve Nash way too late in their career right there. And it was pretty funny to see Dan Antonio and Nash reunite in L.A. But then we know the next season, the Lakers had, like, the Lakers had one of the worst years of their, like, professional lives as a franchise. And the next season, they were terrible. You know, Kobe was... Banged up the whole year. Nash was hurt. Dwight Howard was traded to Houston already. And then Tony left and he went to the Houston Rockets. And he had some pretty good success out there in Houston. That was probably one of the best years that he had out there was with Houston. They just never made it to the finals. Would they have beaten the Cavs in the 17-18 season? I mean, maybe, but I, I don't know. I can't answer that. I don't know. I don't know how Harden and CP3 would have been in the finals. We know Harden would have been in the second NBA finals because... He was there with uh, Westbrook and KD in 2011-2012 when they were on OKC against Miami, against the Miami Heat. And it would have been CP3's first ever NBA Finals. So who knows? And CP3 has been to the Conference Finals. He's been there, but he's never been to an NBA Finals. I feel bad for him there. But like, like I said, with Dan Tony though, he's a, he's, a, he's a successful head coach. Despite he doesn't have a ring, I still see him as as ugh as a successful head coach. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's just in the playoffs, he always, they always found a way to choke. No matter who he was coaching, 
They weren't able to get to the big one right there. They weren't even able to get to the NBA Finals. So he's never won a conference finals. And a lot of people are saying if Steve Nash fails, Dan Tony might just take the job. And when I want Dan Tony as the head coach, not really, to be honest. I'd rather him just, like, you know, on the side, right there as the assistant coach. I'd rather him like that, not as the head coach. I wouldn't, mm, I wouldn't feel too comfortable with him. As, I wouldn't feel very comfortable with him as the head coach. That's all I'm going to say. I'd rather him just be the assistant coach. That's it. I wouldn't want him as the head coach. I would choose Udadoka over him as a head coach. If I had to choose, if Nash like, was to fail, I'd go with Udadoka. Like, Dan Tony, just, just stay on the side. I don't, I don't, we, don't, I don't, we don't need just the head coach. That's all I'm going to say. I like Dan Tony. Nice Italian man, but like myself. But just stay on the side. That's all we need. But everybody's been laughing at the Nets, obviously, like I mentioned. But listen, you have no idea what's coming for you. There's a storm brewing. There's a storm brewing in Brooklyn. This team is going to be very dangerous. This team is going to scare a whole lot of other teams. Teams will be shitting their fucking pants when they see the Brooklyn Nets. You're going to be running scared. When you see us coming down the court, when you see Kyrie, when you see KD, if Levert's still here, and if Dinwiddie's still here, if we bring back Joe Harris, or whatever other pieces that we add to this team, or if we just leave the team the way that it is, you're going to be running scared. You're going to have nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. Because we're going to jump down your throat every second of every game, and you're going to be begging for mercy. We're going to bring the king to his knees and KD is going to take his throne and his rightful place as king. Kyrie is going to juke the bones right out of your body and break those ankles. That's what he's going to do. If Joey Bucket stays, he's going to be raining in threes Dropping dimes, dropping dimes, dropping dimes all night long. And you're going to worry about that three-headed monster right there if Jared Allen stays. You know, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan, and Nick Claxton. You're going to worry about that three-headed monster right there. You see those three guys in the game, you better run. It'll be a throwdown. Old man DeAndre Jordan will take you to school. And that young buck, Nick Claxton... We already know what he's all about. You'll have nowhere to run, nowhere to hide from this team. Because this team will haunt you even in your dreams. Even when you're with that pretty girl right there in your dream, you're going to get cock-blocked by the Brooklyn Nets. That's what we're going to do. You're going to want to run away and lock yourself away because you don't know what's coming. You have no idea. What is coming this season? You have no idea. The Brooklyn Nets are finally going to win a championship, and it's going to be this season. And there's not a damn thing anybody can do about it. And you'll never, ever be the same again. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. I will talk to you guys in a little while when I talk about the New York Yankees exercising some of their options and declining some of their options. Actually, it's one option they exercise.
two, they declined. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on, about a couple hours. And then hopefully later on, I'll get to do my Friday Night SmackDown review. All right, guys. Happy Halloween. I'll talk to you guys in a little while.